Welcome to this edition of Community Associations Institute's podcast. My name is Tony Campisi, Executive Director of Community Associations Institute's Pennsylvania and Delaware Valley Chapter. In this episode, we'll be discussing insurance for community associations, the type of insurance coverages an association should have, and what a unit owner should have in terms of insurance on his or her home. We'll also answer one of the most frequently asked questions about community association insurance. Who insures what? We'll find out in this podcast where my guest is Chuck Peterson, Vice President of Peterson Insurance Services, located in Havertown, Pennsylvania. Welcome, Chuck. Great to be here. Thanks for having me. Let's start with the most basic question. What types of insurance do community associations need to carry? It's a great question. And it's one that I think uh, there's a lot of sometimes misconception about um, or potential gaps in coverage uh, when, when talking about this. But the main components of coverage that the association needs to carry are, number one, general liability coverage. So coverage for common areas, uh, bodily injury, property damage, you know, anything that the association uh, is liable for, um, which again can be pretty sizable uh, claims if you have, hopefully it doesn't happen, but if you have tot lots or pools uh, and other fun, um, you know, recreational type activities, there can, there can be some, some sizable claims in that space. So um, that's one, one area of coverage. Uh, the property coverage, uh, you want to make sure that the you have a, a very good carrier that uh, has a very robust uh, coverage form and that uh, your agent is professional enough to know all of the ins and outs of ex- various exclusions and so forth on the coverage piece and that it uh, you know addresses all of those uh, and that that's you the property coverage is you want to make sure that it's enough to replace the property or have a guaranteed replacement cost component to it um, and that would also include your loss of business income um, that's in there, any ordinance and law coverage that would also be included for, uh, you know, increases to build the building back to code if it needs some type of uh, new ordinance in, in the township that it's located in or, uh, you know, uh, handicap ramps, etc., things like that, that that weren't previously there. Um, so there's a, there's a lot of coverages on the property side and again, subject to various deductibles. Uh, so that's something you also want to talk to, to your uh, professional agent about that specializes in insuring associations. And then the other key components would be directors and officers coverage. And again, um, not all directors and officers policies are created equal. Uh, the, some companies that, uh, just kind of include them in their, uh, business owners policy or commercial package policy for associations uh, don't have uh, the necessary um, definitions that are favorable for the association and the board members. And remember, these board members are serving uh, pro bono uh, to help out, um, you know, the association, and it's sometimes a thankless job in most cases. So the DNO uh, is crucial to have the right amount of coverage in there, and that the language uh, is is written by a great company that understands the exposures and sometimes that will be the same amount of price but it might be a standalone product which we sometimes place with them not just what's included with a potential carrier. A couple other things to consider when you're looking at the uh, coverages for an association would be workers comp. Uh, Again you have different folks coming onto the property, vendors, landscapers, uh, repairs and so on and so forth. And typically, we're going to get into this in a little bit, but they would have their own insurance coverage, 
But in the event that they forget to pay their bill or they go out for non-pay, uh, which is about the same thing as forgetting to pay their bill, but for any of those kind of reasons that they lapse their coverage uh, and were not aware of it, this would pick that up as a backstop with the workers' comp. So those are kind of the the main crux of coverages, and there's some some differences we can talk about as far as uh, additional gaps or recommendations we talk about sometimes with flood uh, or earthquake or pollution coverage, um, hired non-owned auto, uh, and then also one of the other big ones would be crime and uh, employee dishonesty or fiduciary coverage in the event that any of the board members or property managers or any trustees take money that's uh, misappropriated or, or stolen from the uh, association's uh, coffers. Uh, it's true, isn't it, that um, most association governing documents do dictate the types and the amounts of insurance coverages that the association should carry? That is correct. And each are unique. So don't take it for granted and assume that it's a one-size-fits-all practice because especially as more what, what we call in, in, the, in the business uh, plan unit developments or PUDs as, as people commonly refer to them as, HOAs, homeowners associations, and condo, condo uh, owners associations can actually be commingled in a lot of ways. I've insured and seen HOA documents and bylaws that typically on an HOA, they're just going to have liability for the common area and, and the homeowner would be or the unit owner would be required to just buy their own uh, HO3 or HO5 homeowners policy. But what we're now seeing is if you look at those documents carefully, they may, for all intents and purposes, be called an HOA, but they're really being insured like a COA. So you really have to have your agent uh, check those, you know, along with the property manager. Because again, uh, Tony, it's a great point. I've had lenders um, on uh, the mortgage clause, and then also for real estate brokers, etc., think that, that they need uh, an HO3, which is a more expensive policy, a homeowner's policy, when in fact they really need an HO6. So always check those, always have make sure that your uh, agent reads those bylaws correctly and that you uh, give a copy of, uh, we, we send out a letter to the associations we ensure to have the unit owner talk to the agent and, and bring up the different coverages that, that they need and that the board should make sure that they're um, covered for so they do their due diligence and don't have a DNO claim. That's a, that's a good lead into my next question because homeowners also need insurance. Uh, what types of insurance do homeowners need to carry specific to a, a community association? Great question because you want to eliminate any gray areas in this and the two uh, in this case dovetail uh, a lot of times and, and there can be some overlap or there can be some finger pointing as to who's going to pay what and again it goes back to the bylaws uh, as to who should insure what and how that's set up assuming it's set up correctly from the master policy the and, and let's for in, in this case we'll talk about it uh, backtracking just a little bit let's say the master policy there's two types it's either you know uh, into the walls and it covers there and then the HO6 needs to cover um, more of the uh, granite countertops, all of that fun stuff that's um, the fixtures, so on, or all in, where it's going to cover builder's grade uh, for the unit um, of all of these things in there, the, the countertops, etc. cetera. Um, and then you're really just looking on your HO6 for improvements and betterments. So in some ways, you may have to have a higher number on your improvements and betterments, depending on how the master policy's written and the bylaws dictate that. And in other cases, you still want to make sure you have, if, even if it is there, you want to make sure you have enough for your increased costs uh, above and beyond the builder's grade uh, for the uh, improvements and betterments. 
that's one coverage that's uh, critical for the uh, HO6 policy. And the other places where we see a lot of agents and uh, unit owners fall short on this um, is if, if they're working with somebody who's not familiar with uh, how to insure uh, condo associations or, or, or planned unit developments is, um, you know, for very little amount of money, you can increase your personal liability, such as like if your dog bit somebody or you have a slip and fall um, on in your property from 100000 or 300000 to a million dollars for as little as 9 to $19 a year. Very cost effective. The other components that we look for are, again, losses, or excuse me, um, loss of use. So if there is a claim there, you can then go rent uh, a new property while the association's being rebuilt, uh, the master policy is rebuilding that, and you can continue to live and pay your bills and uh, find a place for your family to relocate. And then the other components would be your personal property. So all the stuff that you own, if you shook it out, your your silverware, your couch, your TV, you know, your your sofa, all that fun stuff, uh, along with any high-valued items you have, fine arts, uh, jewelry, um, furs, stamp collections, expensive bikes. More and more people are doing this kind of stuff now, and you can get uh, usually like an agreed amount, not part of that big blanket of personal property, but specifically outlined in the policy and with a maybe potentially lower deductible then you have on, so you may have a zero deductible on your jewelry or a 500 deductible, and it can cover um, just the jewelry carve out, which limits the sublimit if you don't do that for jewelry to a certain amount, whether it's 1500 or 5000. So it's really important to look at that with your agent and discuss it. And then last but not least, loss assessment. Um, this is critical because this with the right care, not all carriers do this, but with the right carrier who will do it, they will actually, the loss assessment, which can go up to 50,000 in coverage, and I recommend buying the maximum because it's dollars a year to increase it from 10 or five to 50,000. Um, and this will cover a couple things. The One of the biggest ones would be your potential, your master policy deductible. If there's a loss of say 25,000 to the structure and you're on the hook as the unit owner to pay that deductible, um, your HO6 could cover it. And then the other part would be if there is a, uh, a huge claim and it exceeds the general liability and the umbrella or excess policy that the association bought or should have bought more and everybody's assessed, uh, let's say 50 grand um, for round numbers, then this would pick up that coverage as well. There's really a lot of information there. Uh, <laughs> it's a long-winded answer, sorry. No, it's, but, there's a, but there really is a lot of information there. And I think part of what you just said answers my next question, but I'm going to ask it anyway because it's a question that we often get asked here at CAI uh, by managers, by homeowners, and um, association leaders. Who covers what? It sounds like a simple question, but mm -hmm. for example, uh, does the association cover the interior of a unit? You know, people talk about from the, 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 uh, the paint on the drywall in, yes, that's yes. how specific some things get. Yeah, yep. yeah it's, a, it's a very good question, and as, uh, I've been in the business 18 years now, going on 20 years, and the amount of different answers you get from different claims adjusters and carriers uh, is astounding. Um, so that's why it's important that the agent know what they're talking about and help be the advocate for the association and or the unit owner. And also that, that the board, the agent, the property manager all understand the bylaws, what should be covered, and then find the right insurance policy that does that and then make sure that the residents, uh, with the help again of their agent, make sure that they have a policy that 
fills in the gaps that it isn't. So to your example, if I'm answering your question correctly, is uh, into the paint or from the paint out, however you want to say it, um, you know, in that case, uh, you know, your HO6, again, you really want to look at that and, and, and the association policy is going to cover uh, everything going outward. But in, inside, you're going to have more things that are going to be on your uh, personal property and your additions, alterations, improvements, things like that. Um, and if it's an all-in uh, version that it'll typically cover, which we see more and more of those, uh, the all-in version, um, but it'll cover builder's grade or how it was built. Sometimes builder's grade can even get confusing because if if it was done as builder's grade, and by builder's grade I mean they, they the person who initially built it actually included a lot more coverage, uh, like upgrades to, to the initial construction, is that considered builder's grade? So there's a lot of gray areas you wanna, you wanna get caught in, you wanna talk about up front before you lock in your HO6 to make sure you have the right amount of coverage. So again, there's not this finger pointing, but somebody's gonna pay the claim. Uh, and that it's just a matter of, is it gonna be the master policy or your HO6? And obviously the type of association you're in has an impact on that answer too. Because isn't it true that some association insurance in a condo is gonna differ from a planned unit development? or what type of coverage the owner needs versus the association. Correct, correct. And uh, I've seen combinations, uh, more and more it's gotten more complex, combinations of all of the above. Uh, mean, like we were talking about earlier there, where the HOA typically, if it was a standard HOA, the uh, association just covered the li common area liability like sidewalks or walking parks or uh, you know a tot lot, swing set, things like that. Uh, and the homeowners would cover their their contents and their building um, under a typical homeowner's policy, uh, like a standalone free free building. But then uh, now HOAs sometimes fall under the bylaws being defined similar to a condo association, but still called an HOA. So that planned unit development word has gotten uh, uh, creative with, I think, attorneys and with, um, you know, how sometimes they're set up from the developers and so forth. So. And to your point on the on the condo association, they're pretty typical. But again, refer to the bylaws where it will um, dictate what coverage is the both the association master policy need as well as the uh, uh, the unit owner on the HO6 because you don't want to overpay for policy. That's the other thing. You want to buy something that's overkill. Um, eh, nobody so. nobody wants to overpay. No, no, that's true. Yeah, yeah. Let's turn to risk management. Um, what are some best risk management? or risk transfer po uh, practices that would help reduce the frequency and the severity of claims and therefore help keep the cost of association insurance under control. Again, I could talk about this for a long time, but I'll try to keep it succinct so we don't uh, uh, put the audience to sleep. But um, the, there's, a, there's a number of them. I mean, one that, the first one that pops into mind is in regards to, uh, and this will be in the bylaws again, something like that that's, that's uh, talked about, but sometimes even breeds of dogs. I mean, you can have, uh, the right you can make sure that you limit the type of dogs that are there that may be less prone to being vicious i don't like to you know say that but if there's a dog that's aggressive bite regardless of breed that that could present a problem for the unit owner and or possibly the association potentially typically the unit owner and then also um you know making sure that the board uh has good risk transfer in place working with their attorney and property manager uh and, and developer so forth until it's turned over to the uh, to the board by the developer, 
um, in regards to getting certificates of insurance from all subcontractors that come on and vendors uh, who have adequate limits of coverage, list the association as additional insured, um, transfer some of the risk uh, or uh, mitigate some of that by saying, you know, it's a hold harmless agreement uh, and waiver of subrogation, um, you know, back against the uh, association for any wrongdoing. And most vendors uh, are, are, are used to this and it's a good practice of the association to do so. Um, so. So there's a lot of ways to do that. And then also working with your loss control. There's What people don't know is there's a lot of free resources typically that boards can utilize from someone like myself and the carrier that they've chosen and third party people that we bring in, uh, usually for free uh, for the most part, that will offer a number of different topics, much like CAI does for, for its members. Um, and they'll walk around and offer suggestions to avoid slip and falls, to fix or address certain things that could lower the frequency or severity of a claim and thus keep the keep the premium down on, on their on their policy which everybody likes as a, a resident they do they do so when there is a loss in the community uh, what's the claims process why don't you walk us through that uh, filing a claim another great question so what I usually like to to say to our clients and um, and this keeps everybody um, you know, in the loop, so to speak, is typically the homeowner or the association or board member will contact their property management company. Uh, then, because they like to be in the know and they like to be able to respond, and I've found that over the years that that's a, a good good practice. But again, they they don't usually file the claim because we work with the carrier, so they'll contact us um, and notify us of the claim and keep us up to speed, and then we'll put the claim through to the carrier. Uh, and file it and follow up with the unit owner uh, and or the board or association directly if we need to. But the, but the advocate you know, or the liaison is through that property manager who, who has seen this and will advise them on the deductible as well as we will and kind of walk them through that process. And then the carrier's adjuster uh, and or the, ourselves, the agent or broker, will, will get involved and the adjuster will come out and talk to them about the coverages and you know, um, what you know, looks to happen, investigate, and so forth, and, um, you know, look at the overall claim, and if, if the HO6 is going to respond, or the master policy, or a combination therein, and offer guidance where we can say to file with both carriers, and let's see how this plays out. Uh, and then in some cases, and you know, adjusters aren't perfect, we'll, we'll actually go in and say, you know, you need to relook at that. that. That is not an excluded peril, or that should be covered under the HO6 and not the master policy, or vice versa, and refer back to the, to the bylaws and keep the, the property manager and the board abreast of that. So um, it's, a, it's a fun process, and uh, it's got a, a couple moving parts there because of everybody being involved, so it's not your typical uh, standalone homeowner's uh, claims process. Well, there's a lot of information to absorb. I think our listeners will enjoy it. I want to thank you for, uh, for joining me for this time and presenting some information to us on community association insurance. For those who may want more information on this topic, you can find Chuck's contact information on his website at www.petersoninsurance.com. For more resources on this and other topics regarding the management or governance of your condominium, cooperative, or homeowners association, please contact CAI or visit our website at www.cai-padelval.org. Thanks for listening and check out our other podcasts on